Welcome to the Reframing Eye Care Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Maria Sampolis. I have Dr. Cohen with us today. Uh, Dr. Cohen uh, graduated from Salus in 2014, and she recently became a fellow of the American Academy of Optometry. Uh, her awards include a 2008 NOA Service Award, 2020 uh, Vision Monday Most Influential Woman in Optometry, um, 2021 Dr. Melvin Chip Young Optometrist of the Year Award, and she co-owns and manages her own practice, Pearl Vision Franchise, in Park Slope, New York. And today we're talking about her latest accomplishment in optometry to help young optometrists, Irie Academics. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Sampalas, for having me. <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasure. I've had you on before and you know, I've, I've watched you over the years and, and how you've grown. And I, I kind of knew right away when I met you on Instagram that you're going to be one of the leaders in optometry. And you know what I loved about it was when I first met you, that you were helping young ODs pass the boards and you did it for no, you know, just to help them, to mentor them. Um, and, and with, without like getting out there for recognition or anything like that in the industry, because you had a passion for it. So I always, I always love that about people that I have on the podcast to do stuff, to give back to the community. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. It feels like a full circle moment. Cause I feel like the last time we spoke, everything was still shut down. I think the office was just opening back up. And I told you how I haven't even had the office a week and I had to close down because they shut down in March of 2020. And I said to you kind of as an aside, like, oh yeah, so to fill my time during quarantine, I'm just helping my mentees. Um, and that kind of led to what is now Irie Academic. So that's correct. Yeah, I do remember that podcast. Um, and if you look back, right, all whatever the struggles you went through, like, it's fine now, right? So that's just the motivation for the listeners today. If you're going through something, it makes just makes you stronger. It does, yeah. yeah. So give us a little bit of info of who or what is Irie Academics. So Irie Academics, kind of what we're talking about, is the um, the movement forward for what was the NOA NBO tutoring group. That was just kind of a passion project done during quarantine, where mentees reached out to me everything was shut down and they were having trouble passing boards and were distraught because boards were canceled. So because my new practice was shut down and I had all this free time, I kind of asked some volunteers to help me host these review sessions. These sessions were not your typical subject reviews. We did do some subject reviews, but it was more of how do you study? How do you manage anxiety? How do you prepare for exams? How do you get through the semester? Just more of wellness as well as subject reviews. Um, we ended up publishing, uh, myself and Dr. Jeanette Pepper ended up publishing a poster at the Academy meeting in 2021 that highlighted the data from that group. And so within that group, 85% uh, of them had failed boards at least twice. And uh, we ended up having a 78.8 pass rate for those who worked with us consistent for a couple of months. So uh, with that success rate, my now business partner, Dr. Janice James, who co-owns a Costco Optical with her husband, Dr. Preston Smith, she reached out to me and said, hey, I think that what we did was pretty awesome and we should make this into a formal entity. And that birth, Irie Academics. So the name Irie, even though we spell it E-Y-E, it's uh, taken from the Jamaican slang. So it's kind of a nod to our culture because she's Costa Rican Jamaican. My family's Jamaican as well. Um, the word Irie is kind of a Jamaican slang term that means 
positive or good vibes or, you know, so just a positive mindset, really bringing that into academics. So I read academics. Oh, excellent. Um, can you uh, tell us how you balance like office management with like the second job uh, venture? I know a lot of optometrists have this motivation or have this idea and then they kind of get overwhelmed with having a practice and, or, you know, seeing, you know, a lot of patients per day and, and they get tired when they get home to have motivation to start the second venture. Absolutely. Cause that's, uh, that's been, <laughs> that's been hard, but I mean, I think for both of us, we're both nutty in that way. Um, and we formed, uh, legally formed Irie Academics at the end of 2021, beginning of 22. And I said to her, hey, you did a residency. You're pretty much halfway through getting a fellowship. I didn't do a residency, but we should do a fellowship together. And so we're brainstorming Irie Academics and submitting cases. At the time, she had just had her daughter. So she's like breastfeeding while writing cases. I had like different health issues and still writing cases and we're both managing our practices. And every so often, even now we're like, I don't know how we did that. But I think when you really want to do something, you make time for it. Uh, you have to prioritize what matters most to you. And for me, it's always about, you know, kind of moving forward. Forward movement is always really the most important thing. So if you manage your time, which is something we also talk about within Irie Academics, how can you manage time? Um, I think with the Irie planner, we have what I think is super important. The back of the book kind of, uh, it's a planner calendar, but the back talks about tracking habits. And so that's a big thing because with even students, we talk to them about how much time do you spend on social media? Uh, a lot of mentees come to me and they say, oh, I I really, I don't feel like I have enough time in the day or I'm, I'm too stressed or overwhelmed. And I'll say, well, I saw you post a reel and I saw you on social media, so you had time to do that. I need you to then maybe follow how many hours you're spending on that and redirect it in a different way. So with the IRE planner, which we self-published last week, that really kind of breaks down how do you study? How do you track your habits? How are you managing time wisely to make sure you're eating well and sleeping well and really doing what works best for your wellness? And then with the IRE journal, we really have more relaxation exercises, journal prompts, coloring pages, motivational quotes, help people to decompress because we're all stressed. And obviously, same thing with us creating IRE academics, managing a practice, getting our fellowship, you know, for uh, Dr. James, for mm -hmm. her, having her toddler, you know, uh, doing all these things. We make sure that we make the time and also practice wellness, practice relaxation. Like I'm not going to skip certain things that I know will help me in the long run. I'm not going to be good to my patients or to friends or family if I'm not well. Of course, that's that's correct. You got to take care of yourself first before you can take any care of everyone else. And us as practitioners, and as women too, we usually take care of our family, our parents. You know, our we we take on a lot, and then. You know, we kind of neglect ourselves usually to to do it for everyone else, right? And and I did a podcast on this on on wellness a few months ago, and um, it got a lot of great views on that because we do we kind of neglect ourselves and we try to do so much, and we do so much for our patients too, right? We want to go above and beyond, and it's also kind of stressful too. The way that I thought of it is usually patients come to us when they have a problem. So they're usually complaining to us. So we have to take in that and then yeah. create that positive energy. Like you said, you got to have that positive mindset 
and to take that break. So what I've started to do myself was just in my household, my kids are getting older and I'm like, it's okay for them to be dishwasher duty, you know, to do that. And it's okay. And same thing at the office, like to delegate, it's okay. Let your office manager make the mistake a few times with the optical. He's going to learn, let them, let them feel empowered, let delegate. So you don't have to, there's no reason to, to do those small things when you're focusing on bigger things in your office or in your life. Absolutely. I remember distinctly the last time we spoke and I was still trying to prepare the office because we were doing a kind of a slow opening. And I talked to you from inside the office uh, at, at like around the same time because I was trying to do all the things before work. And this morning I got up and I started doing some things and I said, you know what? I just don't have time. And I had to go ahead and, and call an employee and say, listen, I need you to take care of this before I get in. I'm not going to have time. And that's hard sometimes because, you know, you start thinking, well, the way I do it is the right way to do it. (laughs) Um, And that's not always true. And sometimes somebody may find a new way to do it. Uh, And delegating has been so powerful for me because it's taken a lot of the stress off of my back because I was trying for so long to carry everything for the office by myself. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's that's usually what a lot of people do. I mean, I've had some other females on the podcast and they and, and one female said to me, no, they have a father, too. And it's it's OK if they do it differently, you know, and, you know, you wanted every night nice dinner for the family and your husband just says, hey, let's just do some burgers. It's OK. Let them be. a. Fa- it's fine. The kids yeah. will be fine, you know, and it just takes some pressure off of you, too. So just to kind of, you know, um, relax too because you got to take care of yourself too especially now as we get towards the busy time of the season in optometry um and that way we can take care of our patients too and have the reputation um in our in our communities um give us a little bit of of information on how the the students besides just what you said on with the journal how they can benefit more with the planner and things like that and how i think that this can really go out to the optometry community too because it's balancing time, it's da- tasks, and, and, and we still test ourselves and learning more in our industry with all the new changes. Absolutely. I, I have had mentees probably since I graduated. And, you know, some background, some of this really started when I was on the NOA board and um, I used to do the newsletters as director of communications. And I, I had struggled with part one boards. And at the time as a student, I didn't feel like anything was really out there to help. You had like just a couple of reviews to, to choose from. And if, if that didn't work for you, then too bad, right? Um, and that was very frustrating for me to figure out my way and figure out how best to prepare for this part of boards because we all learn differently. Part two and part three were almost easy for me, though that wasn't an issue, but part one was really hard. And I wanted to share that because I felt that after I passed, a lot more people started to come up to me and say, hey, I I still haven't passed and I've been having a hard time. So I created a post right before I left the board that went on the NOA Facebook page saying, hey, I struggled. I graduated without having passed part one. This is how I, I, you know, accomplished this task. And I would say over the last probably, because that was most likely that went out in 2019-ish or 2018. Not sure anymore. The years run together. But uh, the last few years, several people continue to reach out to me. So I've probably spoken to hundreds of uh, student doctors 
who ask for help, whether they never passed boards and they graduated years ago or they're currently struggling to get through classes. And it, there's a consistent pattern. We can't get to the level of graduate school without being intelligent. So it, ha it doesn't have anything to do with intelligence, but it's more of addressing like, do you know your learning style? Have you really managed to look at how you're studying? Have you looked at how you're utilizing your time? So yeah, with the planner, it kind of in the back goes over how to study. Um, and then each, each section, it tells you how to use it. There's a meal planning. There is something that helps you organize like exam dates. I was a student who was never organized. Like my lecture notes were always in stacks of papers. I could never figure out how to use a planner. And so I think this is really helpful for that person like me who kind of just went with it. Like, <laughs> I always had students, uh, classmates who would say, you know that that lab report is due today or that lab assignment. And they would say, no, I didn't know. Um, and rush and do it right before it was done or try to review. And that just added more stress. So something like this really teaches you how to study because when you, I think, get to this level of education, you're accustomed to doing well. And sometimes you're doing well just because you know how to pass or get by. At the level of graduate school, at the level of board prep, you can't just get by. You really have to know how to break the information down, how to understand it, how to put uh, concepts together. Um, and we always like to emphasize students like this isn't here to trip you up. Boards aren't here to like be some evil plan against you. It, it really is supposed to test your competency. And you have to take the responsibility of understanding how you learn, how you manage your time, how do you manage um, anxiety. We work with students a lot. Um, we even had some students who had to go to the ER from anxiety attacks because they, they just thought they were having a heart attack. And that would happen every time they got ready to take a board exam. So with the journal, this really emphasizes some of the same um, exercises we did with the students where we did relaxation exercises. Um, I'm a reader. I read a lot. And one of the books that probably enlightened me the most the last couple of years was um, your body keeps the score. And with that, the psychologist talks about different ways that uh, situations in life affect us physically, mentally, everything. And one of the exercises, one of the chapters talked about an exercise for students with journaling and how important it is to kind of process what you're feeling and what you're thinking into writing. So that's why this is really focused as a journal with a lot of space for students to write, journal prompts really for them to work through what are some of the stressors. There's so many things happening in the world. In addition to family pressure, friend pressure, you're in school full time and things change when you're in school full time. And there's so many things that affect us. So the goal was really to break down everything we've been doing and handing it to the students because when we started this in the quarantine, that was cool, that was great. But then for us, our practices opened back up and we couldn't kind of handhold anymore, you know? And we wanted to create workbooks that put some of this in the students' hands so that they could have a level of accountability while trying to manage their time, manage their stress and, and, and manage their schedule. Have you found that a lot more students now are not passing the boards than ever before? Yes. Wow. And yeah. when did you notice that this one originally? I, mean, I know you did it during COVID, now, but are, are you surprised by this number? No. What's the reason? What, what, is, what is the reason that this is this is happening? I think that with COVID, it, it amplified it, right? Because schools had to shift, right? Just like the rest of us, a lot of virtual learning. Um, when I spoke to a lot of students during that time, they were just extremely overwhelmed with the shift 
Um, you know, sometimes professors are getting sick, classmates were getting sick, school would shut back down. So there was no consistency. I think there's a real loss, not just for optometry students, but across the board for those who didn't have a formal graduation, who didn't get to celebrate certain things, even if it's the transition from undergrad to graduate school. Um, I, I think that learning has changed. When I, even last week, we had a lecture at the NOA convention with the students and I asked, I, I had, I did a little vote in the room. We had like close to 90 students. I said, do you guys work together? Do you study together? And probably only a handful of people raised their hands because they're separated. A lot of lectures are virtual and they're not really working together. And I said, I could not have gotten through school if I didn't work with other classmates. Like, yes, there's a time to study alone, but there's a time to work together. If you're constantly isolated, that not only affects your mental health, that affects your performance. You know, you have to work as a team. This isn't a competition. You're all about to be colleagues. And so there are a lot of different factors, but I, I do think that the isolation of what COVID brought about has affected uh, a lot of people, not just students, all of us, right? Um, I think that uh, learning has changed. I think that there's a lot going on even outside of school that's very stressful. And, and it's just not shocking. There are a lot of misconceptions because yes, I had a hard time with part one, but there's this notion that part two and part three are super easy and you don't need to prepare. That's not true. I have just as many people reaching out to me who haven't passed part two and three. Uh, who haven't passed any part of the, the the boards. And I'll ask them, well, when did you start studying? They're like, well, everybody said you just needed like a good two weeks. I'm like, what? <laughs> boards cost no, almost I, I remember studying months in now. Advance. Are you crazy? Why would you wait and, and study last minute for something that costs you this much money? Yeah, I remember studying months in advance, months, because I used to be nervous, you know? And, and I think being overprepared sometimes just gets you there, right? And you do, you have that stress, you have that anxiety, yeah. like, oh my God, what if I don't pass? You know, so it just motivates you to do it and to get that. But also when you do study groups, you get that different perspective and how to learn something, a different look at it a different way. And I remember too, just, you know, Absolutely. organizing ideas and things like that, fill up points to, to, to learn that. And, and I understand, like you said, learning, I didn't know these things. My learning was to see something. I have to see something to learn it. Right. It's, it's just, I can't hear it. I have to, yes. I have to see it. That's how I am in general. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's really key. I'm a visual learner, but some people are auditory and it works better for them to listen to lectures. But again, that's what the planner does is exactly what you said. How do you organize the, the, the subjects? How do you organize that? Because a lot of people will say, to your point, oh, I've been reading for months. Okay, but you just keep looking at it. Do you understand it? Have you created your own notes? Are you a visual learner? Maybe you need to draw this out. You just keep trying to memorize it. And this is not an exam that you can just go in with memorizing facts. Um, so again, that's what the Irene Planner does is say, how do you put together information? Do How do you learn? How can you organize the, the information to really put that forward into your exam performance? You have to really, you have to understand it to be able to uh, apply it to different situations, right? It's the same thing. Like what, even in, in clinic, when you have something, you know, to be able to figure out what the patient has, you gotta, it's not always going to be textbook. It's, it's just to be able to figure it out and, and kind of, you know, be that detective. Uh, you know, I remember in school too, in undergrad, you kind of fly by, right? You do well, it's easy. You get to optometry school and now you're with the best of the best, right? 
And that helps you get there too. Might not be easy for, you know, a lot of people. It took me a little longer. I had to study a little harder. Um, but I remember too, like I never recorded lectures and then other lectures I would record them and you just listen to them again, right? You can listen to them. It could be on the, on the train in Boston, you know, when you're walking, you know, things like that. And there's so much more stuff now than when it was, you know, 16 years ago when I, when I graduated. So there's so many resources out there, so many things. And even just online on YouTube, if, if you're, the students are not comfortable, let's say with diabetic retinopathy, right? There's so many lectures out there that people that explain it differently for you to understand, right? You can just listen to CE lectures just online to, yeah. to have that instead of just a professor's lecture and maybe that just doesn't click with you. Because I'll go to lectures, Seco, Expo, whatever. And, 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 you know, some of the lecturers will resonate with me. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's great. That's how I remember that. That's a great present. So some of some, it just depends on the person and who, who you click with. Right. Cause you, sometimes you just have to be the same wavelength and that's yeah. okay. If some of them aren't, they might connect with somebody else. So exactly. that's important too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Cause they, because I mean, I, it's, there's the negative that, hey, now there's more virtual learning, so there's a little bit of isolation, but also a positive. Like I'll talk to them, and they have really awesome virtual resources to utilize, but there's a level of learning, and I was that person where it took me a while to realize, like, I have to study way early because you have to go through that stuff to be able to get to the level of, hmm, you know what? I'm still not understanding this. Let me find another resource. If you're at step one, of trying to do what maybe you did in undergrad or even high school where I'm just gonna flip through this here and, and then go, it's not going to be successful. Like no. Right, it doesn't work that way. And so those are the things we really discuss with them. Those are the things we put in the workbooks. Those are the things we talk about when we've had like virtual review sessions because we've continued them not as consistently as we used to, but usually a quarterly, we try to do like a you know quick review session with students to talk about things like this because there is this, you know, there's that energy, that group mentality. Well, well, my classmate said that they just looked at it last night and they got an A. And I said, do you really believe them? Do you really believe that? You, it's not that easy in optometry school. And I remember, too, you do. You have that anxiety, right? So I'm like, oh, my God, I got to study. So I study a month in advance, right? And then once you get to that day of, of exam, you always everyone's going to, to the school early to cram, right? And then, and then I remember being like, I'm going to like stressed about it. And I'm like, what am I stressed about? I got this. I've been doing this for a month. And then after the exam, never stuck around after the exam because everyone was, I was like, oh my God, I got that one wrong. I, I would just leave, you know, just leave. Don't talk to anybody. Yeah. Um, and then it came out fine. Right. I think, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it takes the time. And then now as a clinician, you do hard started, you're just a better clinician, but even now as a clinician, you're still learning more. Yeah. Right. It never and, stops. And you just have to continue to learn. There's so much new stuff coming out. I just went to AOA meeting. I was talking to new grad, um, new grads or undergrads as well. And and I said to them, I said, you know more than I do. <laughs> they said, what do you know? I said, well, you just got the laser tr uh, education. I don't have that yet. I'm trying to get them right. If we get it, I, I'm going to, of course, I'm going to do it. I said, you got, you just got to have the confidence, right? You got to know in your head that you got this, right? right. Um, and there's, again, it's not a test. So when, and when you get out there in real life, you can call up your friend, Dr. Cole, and say, hey, what do you think of this case? Or you can go online and comment with all the, all the Facebook groups to get information out there. You know, there's there's so much out there. We're here to, you know, work together and help. And, you know, I think it's great that you're doing that because you're helping the next generation of optometrists. Um, what does the future look like for our academics? 
I think the future for Irie will we will continue to have workbooks that really uh, address all that you just mentioned. You know, I tell them all the time: stop hanging out with your classmates before the exam. Learn what are your triggers so that you can, you know, really um, manage that, right? Because if you get that point where you get anxious, then you cannot think clearly during the test. So our goal is always to hit the points that we see consistently coming up. And we really hope to build on that and create workshops that really help students because there's also the energy of bringing stuff together. Last week during the convention, we did a journal prompt. And I, I think I chose the prompt that said, you know, what if you looked in the mirror and couldn't recognize your face? Like, how do you, how would you know it's still you? Like, do you understand yourself? Do you understand how you think and, and how you feel about things? Because, you know, when you do understand, when you're self-aware, then you know how to move in a successful manner, right? Um, going back to what you first mentioned, how can you have a practice and take on another business and manage time with family and friends? Well, I know me. I know I'm a morning person. I know that maybe before work, if there's there are too many things, I know I have a packed patient schedule. I'm going to get up at five and handle stuff before I get to the office so that I'm not anxious and I can focus while I'm with patients. Or I'm going to contact my employees and say, hey, this needs to get done by the end of the day so that we can get X, Y, Z done. And that's better for me. I'm not an evening person. I kind of, I think I get really dumb after 6 p.m. and my brain is mush. And so I have to do things in the morning. So we really want to continue to develop students with workshops and, and workbooks and hopefully see where this can really foster a new way of learning. Yeah, we're the, um, we're the same person. I like to get stuff done first thing in the morning. And then, you know, after dinner, kind of just try to relax. But the way things go now with the phones and things like that, I'm the type that just wants to be done. So it's not there the next day because things happen. But you have to learn to set boundaries, too, and say no and say, hey, I will do this. But it's going to be maybe a few days. And, and people have to understand that, too, because you got to take care of yourself. So I want to thank you, Dr. Cohen, for coming on the podcast, for everything that you're doing for young ODs. And uh, for our, you know optometry as an industry too, um, and I wish you lots of success with this new venture. Thank you so much. And for those students who are looking forward to this, it is on Amazon. Um, Irie Academics, the Planner and Journal. Yeah, I'll post a link to it once. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure.